Hi, and welcome back to the Discover Manhood podcast. Um, interesting thing is that all these podcasts lately have been super short, whereas I've wanted them to be super long. Like, I'm going to look on our on my, my podcast thingy. Yeah, it's like um, 45 minutes, an hour and 12 minutes, an hour, 39 minutes, 56 minutes, 55 minutes. But the last several have been like 15. So I don't know if I should combine them or just release the shorter versions more frequently. I think I'd prefer the second. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Anyway, uh, this would be the third short one if I'm counting correctly. Uh, and this week we're discussing my article, How to Be an Everyday Convert. And this is just um, some personal stuff that's been going on with me. All right, here's something I've learned about myself in many aspects of life. Just as soon as I feel like I've gotten something figured out or that I'm making progress, I start to feel better about where I am. Instead of feeling like I'm barely making it, that's when I start to coast. <laughs> so over and over and over, it's made me realize that I'm going around in circles a little bit. Every few weeks, I'll write an article about my daily schedule or something. and That's not a bad thing necessarily, but let's see how I can do a little bit better. Alright, so the title of this is How to Be an Everyday Convert, What I've Learned About Setbacks. And, by the way, I don't think I've ever mentioned all these fun little banners and whatnot I get from Canva. So, thank you, Canva. Love it. Alright, the premise of this article is that I have been, excuse me, that I have to become an everyday convert for my life to work. There are two areas in particular I would like to discuss. Number one, my productivity, and number two, my faith. But the approach seems to be the same for me. Now, here's a little bit about how I realized what's going on. So this will help you understand, I think. Ever since becoming Catholic, it's been one thing after another trying to steal my peace and basically succeeding at that. I now know how debilitating scrupulosity can be. I understand better how scary it is to actually have to trust Jesus instead of simply saying I trust Jesus or taking him for granted. A relationship is something that you have to work on. Because I believed in eternal assurance, uh, eternal assurance for most of my life, um, which if you don't know what that is, it's like the concept of once saved, always saved. I say a little prayer and then I never have to worry about free will again because I'm in the in the heaven club, if that makes sense. And that, that, that concept has, has been something... Um, that's very difficult to let go of. Um, and I don't want to straw man it, you know. Um, it's, it, it's a coherent argument, I will say. I want to be charitable to those who do believe it. It is a coherent argument, but um, it's unconvincing because it's a Protestant. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Uh, there was no real expectation under that kind of mindset that I should actually prioritize a relationship with Christ. I have my ticket into heaven and no amount of free will can change that as long as I'm meant the sinner's prayer in the first place. Uh, I know this is not how everyone is, but it was the case for me. Uh, so yeah, it was scary. I have had a lot, excuse me, it is scary. I've had a lot of anxiety and as I said, scrupulosity about nearly every aspect of my life. Um, but uh, that actually leads to something I was sharing with a friend yesterday, and I'll will share it here as well. Let me find the 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 uh, this is a good friend. Um, okay, so I said one thing I've come to realize about my new faith is that there is a degree of trust in Jesus that I have to have, as opposed to before. For example, when my anxiety gets bad about some past thing, if I've confessed, then I don't have to hang on to it. I can choose peace through prayer. Letting go of that anxiety is what's scary. Not sure why. Maybe some sort of decision to give up trying to rationalize 
excuse me, rationalize this or that thing, accepting that this was a bad thing I did, but Jesus has forgiven it. So that's kind of where I've been. And then he re he replies, trust in Christ is the cornerstone of faith. You don't have to be afraid. And I'm just like, oh, this is beautiful. This is just so wonderful. Anyway, um, back to the article. It's scary, a lot of anxiety, scrupulosity about almost every aspect of life. But that's le led me to a couple of realizations. Number one, you can choose peace. I never really thought about it before, but... I knew that I could sort of turn away from my anxious thoughts in a way that silenced all of that, but I wouldn't necessarily call that peaceful so much as maybe avoidance or even repression. But to choose peace is to simply trust that God loves me and wants me to get to heaven. That that gives me confidence. Like, God is all good. He wants me to get to heaven. Number two, prayer works. Another realization is that most of my anxiety typically abates. And I had to look up what that word means, but it sounded good at the beginning. And I was like, oh, it actually works out here. Okay. So it typically abates when I ask for prayer from my cloud of witnesses. St. Dymphna especially has been praying for me. Mary, too, with the rosary. Of course, all of that comes through Christ and his power. And I do want to stress that for those, of, uh, those friends of mine who are skeptical about... Um, you know, quote unquote, praying to praying to saints. It's all through Christ and his power. It's really been incredible to get that sort of tangible evidence that the communion of the saints is real and present and rooting for me. None of this matters, of course, if I don't do it, like if I don't if I don't actually pray or if I don't choose peace. And this is where I often take for granted my situations or my faith. I assume that a lot of this is automatic. Rather, I simply don't think about it at all. Everyday life consumes me. Solution? I have to reconvert every day. I have to take to heart. I have to take my heart to the Father and resubmit myself regularly, or else this tangible anxiety takes that place. What's more, I recognize that as a gift. I don't feel like it's a gift, but I recognize it as a gift. Um, and here's why. If I were to feel fine, would I bother praying so much? Probably not. If I were to feel fine, I'd likely become pretty lukewarm. It's still tough, and I'd rather not have the anxiety at all, but this is a way to acknowledge its purpose. And I'm actually, this actually ties into something I've been reading recently. It's called Trustful Surrender to the Divine, excuse me, to Divine Providence, The Secret of Peace and Happiness by Father Jean-Baptiste uh, Saint-Juret. Saint I can't speak French. Um... And also by St. Claude de la Colombiere, something like that. And both of their names end with S dot J dot, which I have no idea what that means. Anyway, um, the reason it ties into this book is, is I said, what did I say? Um, oh yeah, were I to feel fine? Oh yeah, oh yeah, anxiety is a gift. Okay, so in the first chapter of this little booklet that I just um, gave you the name of, it's saying God controls all events, whether good or bad. And then it says, um, nothing occurs by chance in the whole course of our lives. God intervenes everywhere. And then it goes into some examples like, say you get mugged or you get hit in the face by, this is an example they give, like you get hit in the face by a robber, right? And then, and then he takes all your stuff. Well, this can and is within God's plan, but that doesn't mean the sin, the sinful intentions or the sinful consent that the thief gives to um, commit the sin or the hatred he feels in hitting you, that's not used by God. But the, uh, the, the, the motion that the hand 
that the, that the hand uses to slap you, for example, is inherently a good motion. God gives us our hands to move. He gives them um, durability um, against surfaces. <laughs> I'm not explaining it well, and it probably sounds kooky, um, but perhaps I'll try to give a full sum, a real summary of this eventually. Basically, uh, he, okay, I'm trying to find a a good a good blurb here. Let's try this. Um, Oh yes, yes. Here's a blurb. Let me try to find where it comes, where it starts. Uh, let us now listen to our Savior Himself, who came down from heaven to teach us by His word and example. In an excess of zeal, Peter tries to turn him aside from his purpose of submitting to his passion and prevent the soldiers laying their hands on him. But Jesus said to him, Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? In fact, he attributed the suffering and the ignominy of his passion not to the Jews who accused him, not to Judas who betrayed him, nor to Pilate who condemned him, nor to the soldiers who ill-treated him and crucified him, nor to the devil who incited them all, though they were the immediate causes of his suffering, but to God, and to God not considered as a strict judge, but as a loving and beloved father. Basically, God uses everything he can to help us. If I struggle with chronic illness, it's because God is trying to help me in some way, purify me in some way, you know? So, it's hard to look at every terrible thing that's happened in your life and assume that. Um, but, um, I, it's, it's been a really helpful, um, concept. And so that's, that ties in back to the article where I say the anxiety is more like a gift. And here's kind of why, because if I didn't have it, would I be praying as much, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, below I will post the daily prayers that have helped me so much in different battles. And I hope they help you too. And I can go ahead and read them here. I've got three, I've got four total. The first one is a prayer to St. Lucy and she, um, she, uh, her story is about purity, and she prays on behalf of the purity of those who beseech her. So here's the prayer. By that singular predilection, O glorious St. Lucy, which thy immaculate spouse Jesus Christ had for thee, when by an unheard of miracle he rendered thee immovable in spite of all the attempts of thy enemies to drag thee into a place of sin and infamy, Obtain for me the grace never to yield to the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and the fight constantly against their assaults by the continual mortification of all my senses. Pray for us, O blessed Lucy, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Mercifully hear us, O God of our salvation, that even as we rejoice in the constant faith of blessed Lucy, thy virgin and martyr, so we may be instructed in the sentiments of love and devotion. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Second one is St. Dimphna. She helps with anxiety and nervous disorders and um, some mental stuff she's helped me with. Lord our God, you graciously chose St. Dimphna as patroness of those afflicted with mental and nervous disorders. She is thus an inspiration and a symbol of charity to the thousands who ask her intercession. Please grant, Lord, through the prayers of this pure youthful martyr, relief and consolation to all suffering such trials, especially for those, especially those for whom we pray. Um, and then you mentioned those for whom you wish to pray. I do a little spontaneous prayer. Just fill her in on what I need prayer for. And then it says, We beg you, Lord, to hear the prayers of St. Dimphna on our behalf. Grant all those for whom we pray patience in their sufferings and resignation to your divine will. Please fill them with hope and grant them the relief and cure they so much desire. We ask this through Christ our Lord, who suffered agony in the garden. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Third, my confirmation saint, Francis de Sales. 
O blessed Francis, who in your life did excel in all virtues, especially in your love of God and of your neighbor, I earnestly ask you to take me under your immediate protection to obtain from God my perfect conversion and that of all sinners. Teach me, O fathers, to fix my eyes on heaven, that I may generously trample underfoot every obstacle that presents itself in my way, and attain that degree of glory which you and your mercy hold out to me. Obtain also the favor for which I now pray, and this is where you would mention your request. Assist us, O Lord, we beseech you, through the merits of St. Francis de Sales, that what our endeavors cannot obtain may be given to us by his intercession. O God, who for the salvation of souls did will that St. Francis de Sales should become all things to all men and women, mercifully grant that we, helped by the gentleness of his charity, guided by his teachings, and sharing in his merits, may obtain eternal happiness. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And then finally, um, my guardian angel. Angel sent by God to guide me, be my light and walk beside me. Be my guardian and protect me on the paths of life. Direct me. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, I just found these online, literally. Like, I typed in, saints that help with this or that problem, you know. Sorry, I got squeaky chair today. Um, and every day. Uh, and then there are a few others, like the Rosary and the Servite Rosary, which is like the Seven Sorrows of Mary. This has all been such a powerful new resource for me, and it's really helped my prayer life um, just catch fire for Christ. So, what about other areas in my life? This makes sense in a devotional setting, right? But how can I be an everyday convert elsewhere? How can I wake up and start anew the projects that I love? Well, the principle here is actually the same. I will use writing as an example. Once I put out an article, I feel like I've accomplished something. That can cause me to coast until I feel like I am behind. And the cycle repeats. What if I didn't rely on this cycle, but approached every morning writing session, assuming I have a consistent morning writing session, as a new beginning? Today isn't all, excuse me, today isn't at all another day, what? Today isn't at all just another day of writing, but it's a new conversion, a new beginning just as yesterday and the day before were new beginnings. I think there's a sort of baked-in storytelling to days. Mornings, afternoons, evenings, it all follows an arc, right? So why shouldn't I? Uh, I know that I've been doing poorly in a lot of these areas of my life, but I recognize that this sort of everyday conversion is what is needed. How can I approach tomorrow with that mindset? Well, what do I want to be? A saint? A man? A writer? A podcaster? A singer? Etc. <laughs> so tomorrow is a new day one. It isn't day two, ten, fifteen. It's a new day one. I guess the biggest shift is mindset. I need to feel like I'm starting new every morning because I am, which is painfully clear in my anxiety I wake up with. I pray through it and I work to choose peace. Then I obtain that conversion complete. Just as I wake up not being a writer, I work to become a writer and at the end of the day I am a writer, right? <laughs> in what other areas of my life can I be a convert? Can you see any areas in your own life that conversion might be necessary day by day? Um, at risk of inciting that 70s song in everyone's head. Um, or 60s song, I don't know. So anyway, that's the article. Um, just kind of a, a, a small personal um, realization, a moment of growth. <sighs> 
So, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a journey, man. It's a long journey. Um, all right. Well, yeah, uh, that's the third article, a third uh, podcast in a row I've recorded. So I think I will be done now. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. I'll see you in the next podcast. Hopefully uh, we can discover a little more about manhood at that time. And yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. God bless.